All right. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the From Hobby to Full-Time podcast. I am really happy to be talking with you all today. It is Monday morning, started out really chilly, and it's supposed to get up to 60 today here in Richmond, Virginia, which is a really great weather day. So I'm hoping to spend a little bit of time on the porch getting in my vitamin D. But what I want to talk to you today is all about how to create a sustainable personal styling business without burning out. This is huge in entrepreneurship world. We hustle hard, we play hard, um, we don't often rest so hard, and what tends to happen is that we can actually create a job for ourselves, which is the very thing we were trying to avoid in creating our own business, in being self-employed and working for ourselves. So let's talk about this for a little bit. So I am definitely a very firm believer that some people really thrive in a team environment, right? They need to go to an office. They like going to an office. They like being around people and they like having tasks given to them that they complete and then they go on. There are other people and chances are if you're listening to this right now, I'm talking to you who are a little bit more independent when it comes to their work. They're a little more self-driven. Um, they are a little more self-autonomous. And these are usually people who are freelancers, self-employed or entrepreneurs. Now, neither of these things are good or bad. In fact, one of my, um, I call her an internet mentor, um, Eliza Lich, Leach, I hope I'm saying that right. She is the former voice of DK, I'm going to like screw this all up, DKNYPR girl. So this was a um, Twitter account that came up probably like five or seven years ago. You can Google this. And she was an anonymous PR girl working in fashion and she would give commentary. So think a little bit like XO Gossip Girl, but for fashion PR. And it was such a huge sensation because she basically like pulled the curtain back on all of fashion, the behind the scenes. And this just wasn't done as much back then. Um, Instagram was still, I think, pretty young. And it was basically just Twitter and it was a very fun account. So long story short, she was um, senior, I think global vice president maybe at Donna Curran. Um, and she opened up as the voice of this uh, PR girl. She wrote a book called Leave Your Mark, um, which is essentially kind of a mentorship book. And then she decided to strike out on her own. So she was working for herself for a little while. I'm not entirely sure what project she was taking on. Um, but then I distinctly remember her post about getting rehired as an executive at Alice, Alice and Olivia. And basically what she said is she said, I am not necessarily cut out at this point in time for entrepreneurship. I thrive in a creative team environment and working for yourself was just not for her at the time. So I always tell that story because I think a lot of times entrepreneurship is put on this pedestal that everybody has this side hustle, everybody has this business and like it's very cool and glamorous. Um, but what we're going to talk about is that sometimes owning a business and being self-employed, being an entrepreneur is very can be very draining. It's very all-encompassing um, and it can be a lot harder than people think. So if you are listening to this, then you are probably more of this entrepreneur type though. But what I don't need to tell you is that being an entrepreneur for you doesn't necessarily mean millions of dollars or fancy cars or expensive vacations, but it equals freedom, location independence. You have a different set of goals and priorities than other people. You may want to spend more time with your family, more time with your kids, and you want to uh, 
Go after your creative passion. You want to make a difference and an impact in other people's lives. And that's why you started a business. So just because you're working for yourself, that also doesn't mean you're doing it in a way that's going to support you or in a way that's going to thrive, really thrive your goals. So definitely when you are first starting out in a business, it's going to be a lot of hard work. It's going to be a lot of hustle. And even when you're established, there are just going to be periods of time where you're working a lot, where you're thinking about it all of the time and you are working your ass off, right? And a lot of times for entrepreneurs, we take that into the 24 seven lifestyle though. And that is not sustainable. That is not healthy. That's going to hurt your relationships. It's not going to allow you to fill up your own cup so that you can give to others. So in order to use that cliched phrase, I'm going to say it because you probably need to hear it, especially if you're an entrepreneur, it can be very hard to wrap our heads around rest, relaxation, um, doing nothing. Like those are things that are like, it's a foreign language, right? Um, to us, we always need to be doing something, whether it's just like making a list of things not to do. Right. That's like, I feel like something I would do. Like, how can I relax today? Let me make a to-do list and then check it off. Um, so in today's episode, I want to give you four, give me four very practical ways that you can establish a sense of feeling or not feeling freedom, a feeling of freedom, and not that chain to a desk feeling in your business. So I want you to create a thriving business, not a job that you just show up to and feel just as drained from. So let's start. Number one, create a client services process where you work with clients from start to finish. So what I mean by this is do not do one-off or all the cart services. So in the real world practical setting, what this would look like is someone comes to you and they want to work with you and they want to just you to go shopping with them. They don't want to clean out their closet. They don't think that's important. I believe that method is ineffective. In essence, you're putting a band-aid on a client's wardrobe problem instead of really treating what is wrong. And you treat what is wrong in someone's wardrobe by starting in their closet. I also believe it's a lot harder to create a sustainable, profitable, like business from single one-off services. Think about it this way. If you want to make $10,000 a month from a $300 closet cleanse or another service, you would need to work with 33 new clients every single month. So let's just wrap your head around that. That's 33 clients a month. That's basically a client a day. Sometimes that's two clients a day, right? On a 30 day month. So really, if you're doing five days a week, four weeks in a month, that's 20. So you are seeing two to three clients on most days of your week. That's a lot and doesn't leave you time for anything else. Now, imagine that you have a service-based process where you start with the clients and you work with them from start to finish over a course of time and say that's just priced at $1,500. All of a sudden, to hit that 10,000 mark, you need to sign on six to seven new clients. What do you think is easier to hit, that $33 amount or, or that 33 number or the seven, the six number? When you have a process-based service, you're going to make more money at one time your client is going to have a much better and long lasting service process with you, which is going to increase your testimonials. And as a result, you're going to bring in more clients because the client is happy because the service process is working. So the number one way to feel a sense of freedom in your business is to create a service based process. Now, 
you have no idea what I'm talking about or you aren't even sure how to do this, I would recommend that you get on the wait list for the Biz Bootcamp and the Founders Club, which will open up again in May for our summer round. I go very in-depth on what a service-based process is, how to set it up, and then there's wiggle room in there for you to tweak it how you want to tweak it, but it lets you create that structure in your business. So the next thing I want to talk about, number two, structure your weeks and days to benefit you. So this is like the number one, a number one pivot point. So when I created service-based processes and services for my clients, that turned my business around completely. It was a complete 180. I was struggling to land clients. I was struggling to make money. And when I switched to that service-based process, when I really knew what it was I was offering and the transformation I was offering my clients, I was landing clients left and right, and I was making actual money. And that is what allowed me to go from hobby to full-time in my business. The second thing that was really, really important for me was to set up a structure in my business that worked for me. So you can Google week design or lifestyle design, and that's kind of essentially what we're talking about here. And I go over it with everybody in the Founders Club because it's so critical when you own a business that you structure your week the way a CEO or the way that someone operates a business would do. So essentially what this looks like is that you are accommodating your needs first in your week. So this is um, family, um, kid drop-off pickup time, self-care, appointment, sleep, date nights, whatever it is that you do. And then you work in your business task after that. So it may sound a little counterintuitive, right? But again, we're going to go back to that old cliche of when you fill your cup first, you're going to have so much more time for other people and it's going to make the business task work better. So the second layer to this is that you do your business week design as well. Now, Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx, like literally billion dollar business, does this. So you can do this too, right? It's not just because she's the CEO that she does it, but she understands the importance of what I like to call time blocking or chunking your tasks. So here's what a sample week design would look like for your business. Mondays are what I like to call the CEO days. This is basically where you're in your office. You're doing your bookkeeping, marketing, um, any strategy, long-term visioning for the business, learning for yourself to grow yourself as a business owner. Um, this is the day you basically take care of administrative tasks. So for example, my CEO day uh, now looks like I pay my virtual assistant, I do my bookkeeping, um, I'm making sure I'm putting aside income for taxes, um, I actually do like podcasts on these days and I used to do client prospect calls on my Monday because I had a very strict schedule of Tuesdays and Thursdays as client days. So that leads me to the next block. In this sample calendar, your Tuesdays are client days. So this is when you schedule all of your client sessions, all of your client work. This is either when you're with a client at their home, with a client at a store, a boutique or the mall, or you're at home working on client projects. This is not the day that you're planning your social media. This is not the day you're writing newsletters. You are like online shopping, you're making style plans, you're putting together outfits, da 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 da. Okay? Uh, Wednesdays, this is your social media marketing days. Newsletters, you're planning out your feed, you're creating content, maybe you're doing photo shoots, whatever. And this is not, you can do different things. This is just an example. And then finally, Thursdays and Fridays, those are client days. So again, you're just gonna repeat. All the client work happens on those days. So how this works in reality is when a client emails you and says, hey, I'd love to work with you, you say, great, I have client sessions available on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, what works for you? 
and you plug them into your calendar instead of basically letting your client run rampant on your calendar because a lot of times what can happen is that's going to stress you out you're going to be all over the place you're not going to have dedicated time to work on projects our brains work best when you can have anywhere from 30 minutes to like an hour to two to three hours at a time to work on one project so for example even within the context of say a social media day give yourself a chunk of time to do instagram a chunk of time to do a newsletter a chunk of time to do photos instead of going back and forth within all those projects because you're not going to get as much done and do know that you can be a little flexible in this as well it's not like set in stone but it's designed to give you boundaries to really help you maximize how you're working in your business so um Recently, actually, in a call at the Founders Club, I was talking with one stylist and we were talking about the structure for her and what would work best. And we decided that, for example, Monday through Wednesdays in the mornings, that would be the, her time to work on her business. So admin, social media, marketing, et cetera. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday afternoons, um, those could be set aside for virtual remote client work. But here's where the flexibility comes in. Because she's at home those three days, say a client can't necessarily do Tuesday afternoon, but could do Tuesday morning. She says, okay, great, that's fine. Puts client in Tuesday morning, moves the Tuesday morning blocks of activities down to Tuesday afternoon. So she's not taking out or not doing activities, she's simply moving the chunks around. This type of discipline creates freedom for you in your business. And it reduces stress on your brain. It lets you focus on the task at hand without worrying about when are these tasks gonna get completed? Because your brain knows Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, this is my client day. And you can communicate that to your clients. So you don't have to stress if you get a client email on Wednesday that you have to email, email them back right away. You know you're gonna be able to get to it Thursday morning. It helps you create boundaries for yourself as a self-employed person. That can be really hard for those of us who are self-employed. Um, and what it does is it also creates boundaries for your clients. And it puts you in charge of your schedule, not the other way around. And this does require some saying no to things, right? Um, if someone asks and says, hey, I want to interview you, you for this podcast, you say, great. I have these time slots available on Monday and Wednesday. You don't give them your client days because that's not client day work. So keep that in mind. Create a week that is full of discipline and boundaries and you will feel a lot freer in your business. All right, moving on. Number three, evaluate realistically what you should charge in order to live, not just make ends meet. Okay, people do not like to talk about money. For a very, very long time, I was one of those people. Um, I did an episode, a couple podcast episodes. I think like the first four are all about, are all about money, like triggers and shame and guilt and feelings and money stories and all of this jazz. But if you're going to create a business where you're the CEO, not just an employee in your own business, then you need to get used to looking at your numbers. You need to crunch them. You need to understand them. And this is just how successful businesses work. So the very first thing you need to do is to figure out that if you charge $50 an hour, or $75 an hour, that's not going to realistically be feasible for you to make a living wage, okay? End of story. You may start out at that rate, and that's totally fine. I did. I think I actually started out charging $25 an hour, but I also had a full-time job on the side, and I was building a side hustle. And I worked up to an hourly rate of $125, $150 um, for styling. So you have to figure out 
what you're going to charge. Because when you work for yourself, you're paying for everything. Taxes, health insurance, rent, supplies, material, graphic design, marketing, website, uh, subscriptions, a teammate, your, or not teammate, but people under you, delegation, and you're paying yourself. So on top of that, if you're a one-person shop, this means you cannot spend all 40 hours of your week working with clients. Or you can, but then you're going to spend another 10 or 20 hours working on the business. So if you're working a 60-hour work week, especially for yourself, you're going to burn out so quickly. It's so unsustainable. So let's do a few numbers here. So even think about if you did 30 hours a week, giving yourself 10 hours of admin time, and you charged $50 an hour. Let's multiply 30 hours a week by $50 an hour by 48 weeks giving you four weeks of vacation, that is $72,000 that you're making in your business. That sounds great, right? That sounds like a number that a lot of us would like. But guess what? That is not your salary. That is not what you're taking home and you're not able to spend all of that money. Basically, that's not your money. From that $72,000, you'll need to take away 20 to 30% for taxes. I usually err on the side of caution. This is not tax advice, but from my experience, and I try to I set aside 30% of taxes. So now you have $50,000 to work with. So let's also say you have website expenses, subscriptions that help you with social media and client management. So that could cost you another $2,000 over the course of the year. Say you pay for your own health insurance, that's another 6,000. So now with just those few things, you're down to $42,000 a year. And that doesn't even include things like renting office space or marketing or print materials or scheduling a brand shoot or anything else that you might wanna spend money on in your business. $72,000 can be a great salary, but it is not enough for business ownership. So I have a full on salary exercise that I um, use for my clients and students in the biz bootcamp of the Founders Club, and it helps people really understand the numbers behind what they're charging so that they can get a realistic idea of what that is while also taking into account the necessary 15 to 20 hours a week that you need to work on the business. You cannot work in the business 100% of the time and expect to grow and expect to not burn out because you will. Okay, number four. This is our last point on how to create a sustainable personal styling business without burning out. Number four is delegate and build a team. So in order to expand your business and to make more money, you must delegate tasks and start to bring people on in your team. This is, can be as much as $5 a week or like a person who does social media for you or you could outsource your bookkeeping, or it could be um, client admin processes of like managing your schedule, but you will never grow if you continue to do everything by yourself. You will hit your capacity, you're gonna burn out, you're gonna be back in that 60 hour a week cycle. And even like if this like fashion is your passion, right? Like you're not gonna be able to sustain this for much longer. So you may also be thinking at this point that I'm crazy, that this is just a side hustle for you, who are you to have someone work for you? What would they even do? Wouldn't it be harder to have someone else do something that you could just do for yourself? So the answer to these things is no. You only have so much time in a day. You cannot do it all. Like think, literally think about working with your clients, um, client prospects call you or send you something on your website, you set up a call with them, um, you're doing that via Zoom, so there's that Zoom link um, or a scheduling tool that you're using, and then you have a call, and then you send them a follow-up email, and um, then they get back to you or they don't get back to you. If they become your client, you put them in your system and process for booking them and getting their like onboarding and get them scheduled in your calendar. 
and then you're writing blog posts about your client work and then you're having to put it on Pinterest and Twitter and LinkedIn and YouTube and Facebook and whatever else you're using. So you're having to write social media copy for all of that and get pictures for that and format it on the blog and schedule it, right? Like there's all these things. This doesn't even include you going shopping for clients, making style plans. There's all of these things in your business that you can easily outsource. But I do believe we're taught a lot in entrepreneurship, especially as type A people that, um, we got to do it all ourselves, right? And you're not going to be able to grow your business if you do that because it's actually factually impossible. <laughs> um, so what I want you to do is think about the one thing that someone could take off your plate. Nine times out of 10, the easiest thing for a virtual assistant to take over is social media or a client scheduling process. But I think social media is probably going to be the most bang for your buck or bookkeeping. That's also pretty simple. So you may be asking yourself or starting to acclimate to this idea of, okay, I could get somebody three hours a week, five hours a week, something really minimal, but that's going to give me a chunk of time back to either get some self-care or to do something else that's going to grow and push the business forward. So where do you even go about finding someone, right? That's not going to cost an arm and a leg. So what you want to look for is someone who's actually going to be a virtual assistant who specializes in social media management or some of these lower level tasks. So think about this as like a 10 hour, $10 an hour task compared to your hourly rate, whatever that is, 75 or $100 an hour. Do you want to be doing, if your rate is $100 an hour, these $10 an hour tasks? No. So you need to find someone to do that for you. I would literally recommend Googling inexpensive virtual assistants. So a lot of times you can find companies that will connect you with virtual assistants overseas. This can be a very inexpensive way to hire help because of the conversion rates. Um, you might also be able to find an intern or a recent college graduate or some sort of task rabbit situation, especially if maybe it's an off, like a one-off task. Um, but I am definitely recommending that you have someone working on a market system basis. So find someone, have an interview process. Um, you may have them do a written exercise. You may want to talk to them on the phone. You may want to have a Zoom chat, so you, Zoom chat so you can see them face to face and then figure out how much uh, time they're going to need. Now, chances are a virtual assistant like this is going to be able to do things that would take you 10 hours to do in, in like half. My virtual assistant is like the fastest person on the face of this planet. It would literally take me 10 hours to do all the things she does. And she does it in like two hours and it blows my mind. These are just very special people that have these um, skill sets where they're able to just move quickly. And that is something that you would also kind of want to be looking for. Um, I just, I think if people are drawn to being virtual assistants, they have those skill sets. So I'm, this is like a useless little bit of information. I don't really know how you would figure that out if they're going to be really fast at something. But my recommendation would say, what is the thing that takes you the longest to do? Outsource that. For me, that is the social media creation of and scheduling of my posts. So when I do podcasts, um, I type out my script, I record the podcast, and then I um, write out what I want to go on my social media. So I'm doing the copywriting myself. But then I send that to my assistant and she takes things for our Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest. We do it three times on Pinterest. Um, did I say LinkedIn? Yeah. YouTube and my blog. And she creates all of the images for each of those different social media accounts because it's different. And she uses the copy I wrote. She formats it in the blog, any pictures. Um, and then she puts everything on social media and she links it up all appropriately. That would take me forever. And she does it 
and I think she works with me four hours a week. And that saves me so much time, so much stress, and allows me to do the thing that I'm good at, which is talking to you, teaching you, coaching you through these things. And I don't have to waste my energy because it's very depleting to me. So another way to think about this is what makes you so stressed that you want to chuck your laptop out of the computer or laptop out of the window. Again, for me, that is anything social media management like related. So I outsource that. So what this does is it frees you up to focus on the things that you love to do and the things that you are best to doing. And when you do the things that you're best doing, your business is going to expand, right? Because you're going to have different energy around that thing. You're going to be excited. You're going to do it well. You're going to be more creative. So if you can even just start with the first thing on this list, the number one thing, which was create a service-based process, you're going to be on your way to creating a business that you love, not just a job that drains you. So Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of From Hobby to Full Time. If you would like to connect with me, please do that on Instagram, um, at Chic Stripes. You can find me on Facebook. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest, um, and go to my website at chicstripes.com backslash podcast for all of the podcast episodes. We do new podcasts every week on different topics. If you have a question, send them to me. I would love to answer and help you out with your business. So I will see y'all next week. Bye. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to take a few minutes and tell you about the Founders Club because the doors are open this week and you've got a limited amount of time to make a decision to join. If you haven't heard of it yet, the Founders Club is an online membership community that helps personal stylists dream, launch, and grow thriving personal styling businesses. So what exactly does this mean? Well, for as little, this sounds really cheesy and salesy, guys. Let me just lay it out to you. <laughs> For $55 a month, there is an option to pay for the entire year and you get two months free. You get access to the Personal Stylist Business Bootcamp, which is my 12 module course that we'll go through together over the next three months to lay out a blueprint for your personal styling business the way you wanna set this up. This covers everything from money to what you should charge to how to create services to the best service process that you can create. We're also even gonna talk about bookkeeping, finances, and taxes so that you'll know exactly what to do as you set your business up. You're also gonna get, for that $55 a month, industry expert trainings to help you improve your skills as a business person and as a personal stylist. I bring in other people who are experts in their industry to help you and you have full access to ask them the questions you want. You also get coaching calls. This is the time for you to hop on a Zoom call. If you're watching this on the video, we talk just like this. You ask me a question and I prompt you to work through and find the answers to your specific business question. You will also learn from other people in your community because chances are if you have that question, somebody else does too. You also get access to a super supportive community of personal stylists. I am the first to tell you that personal stylists and people in fashion are catty and they are secretive. You can ask somebody, hey, how'd you do that? And chances are they're not gonna tell you. But inside of the Founders Club, we open up the doors and we let you in to say, hey, this is how I booked that speaking gig. Hey, this is how I got paid for this. Hey, this is how I dealt with this difficult client that I had. This is how I created these services. This is what I used. We 
help one another. You also get access to the entire training vault of all of the trainings and coaching calls and resources and downloads that we've had for the past year. And there are some gems inside of there that are perfect for if you are wanting to do LinkedIn strategy or you're wanting to up your newsletter game. You don't have to do it all at one time. That's exactly what this is for. When you're ready to tackle that piece in your business, those resources are there for you. So what is my goal with the Founders Club? It's to equip you with the tools to go from hobby to full-time. Who is this for? You may be asking yourself that question. It is for personal stylists. It is for the newbie stylist who is a little lost. It just doesn't know where to turn. This is for the dreamer stylist who wants to pursue this business idea but feels so incredibly scared and unsure of just what next step you're supposed to take. And this is for the stylist who has a few years under their belt and just needs that push to get to the next level, that next new idea, that next new way to expand your business to start making the money that you want to make. The doors for the Founders Club are open through February 20th. There's a reason that they're not open all of the time because we go through the Biz Bootcamp and I wanna make sure I can give everything I can to these stylists, to the new ones coming in, so that you are equipped to launch your business the way you want it to be. So if you are waiting for the perfect time to start your business, then that time just found you. I will see you on the inside.